What up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. It's your host here, Monster D Face, bringing you guys another episode this week. I want to thank you guys for tuning in with us and supporting us every single week. We hit a bit of a record. You know, it's been a while since we had a big wave of downloads, but our recent episode hit 3K downloads in the first week. Round of applause for all of you guys supporting our podcast episodes. We thank you. I think it has to do with all the hype of the Unreal Engine 2.0 launch, and then, of course, the merging of servers and NA. There's an uptick across the board of content and people, you know, checking out the podcast. So we want to say thank you guys for maybe sharing, maybe just talking about it and, and encouraging us and, and really supporting us on this journey. We do this literally for free because we love to create content. So, yeah, again, thank you guys. It just means the world, those little things. This week, we don't have Panda. He woke up and he wasn't feeling too hot, so he did have to back out. But we have SBG here in to fill in for not only Panda, but himself. What's up? Hey, what's going on? I said I would do the Panda voice, but I, like, I don't know how I would even try to do a Panda voice. So we're going to skip that, save you guys the little cringe right there, and we can jump right in because we have a lot to talk about, Monster. Yeah, we sure do. We sure do. Panda is going to be a little upset. He doesn't get the impression going on today. I would try, but I can't do the, the white man radio voice. It's just, it's just not in <laughs> me. I mean, he's, he's got that one unlocked. We love and support him. I'm always digging into him to just sound sound more normal the way he normally talks, but he's got this this vibrato to his voice when he's doing his film stuff. You, you love to hear it. Let's jump right into it, though. Today's a big day for Fortnite. The day of our recording is March 29th. There was a, a patch this morning that has basically given the people something we've wanted for a long time. And by the people, I mean the super sweaty, high-level competitors have been wanting this new adjustment for so long. And it is the introduction of the separation between building and editing sensitivity. SVG, this is a, this is a fight that we've been trying to battle for a long time. These, you know, we're, we're trying to get inches here, and we finally got an inch right here. Yeah, and so this is something controllers had for a while and was necessary, right? Because controller, you can't spin around as quick as you can on a keyboard and mouse. It, it is 100% a necessity. And obviously, when that became a thing, Keyboard mouse players like, yo, where's my build and edit sense? I need that. And now eventually, I guess it's like three years after people said something, finally it's getting released. I think it's going to be something like pre-edits, right? At first, once pre-edits were introduced, not a ton of players were using them. And, you know, there's a couple of people that would use them. It didn't really turn into anything. Then all of a sudden we see this massive wave of players using pre-edits after we see a couple of players achieve some success with it. And right now, this season, I mean, literally tournaments start in, what, three days? So I don't think now is the good good time to change your sensitivity settings. But come the end of the season, or maybe even some players will start to test it throughout the weeks, I think we'll, we'll see a big wave of players begin to use this. Yeah, this is a huge, huge change for the, for the comp scene to come, right? Like you said, just being able to get down and fine tune the, the way you play your game, I'm all for it. And controllers did have this option. And this has kind of opened up this Pandora's box now. Controller players up and down in the comment section are now rallying to receive a single button, basically reset edit button keybind. They want their side to be fulfilled now. So PC players wanted the double kind of uh, sensitivity addition added. They got it. 
now the controller players are saying hey we need to even up this playing field man where is our instant reset button i don't know if you remember but there was like a little tool being sold around that i think modified your controller to give you an extra Bro, button I to have do it. you have it oh dude yeah. look at this guy he's got all the advantages can you just talk a little bit more about that i think it's super nifty it was very interesting that something like that would be created but like almost i feel like it was built for fortnite definitely is i actually had the opportunity so worked with the owner to make a little video about what you could use for the scroll wheel reset plus gear is the company that puts it out and it's awesome at first it was like kind of uncomfortable because you're adding this brand new thing and i've been playing on controllers now for like 20 years of my life so it's this new piece you have to get used to but it's almost like adding a back button or paddles on the back of your controller once you get used to it it has massively changed the way that i can play because keyboard and mouse players you can kind of bait walls you just make an edit reset real quick they shoot break the wall you shoot back it's like a perfect little play that you didn't have the ability to do on controller and then also i mean we always see people complain about like scroll wheel pickup because you got two directions on that scroll wheel you could use one to pick up one to reset and boom you have the best of both both worlds. You have controller settings and you have instant reset. And so just so we could give a visual to listeners, this is literally a modified scroll wheel plugged into the back of your controller, right? So it, it plugs in a USB into your computer and then you basically just, I mean, you could do it however you want. I have it attached with like little Velcro things. So it follows the same wire path and it doesn't get all clunky. But you could do it anywhere. Pretty much okay. it comes with like a sticky piece and also a magnet. So you can stick it wherever you feel comfortable on a controller. And it does take like two weeks. I'd say about two weeks is where you start to feel comfortable using it. But man, has it been super helpful. I wonder if like at LAN, this is allowed or not. It's like, because it, it's interesting. You know, we yeah. as long as you submit your your type of mouse and your keyboard, they'll prove it. But like, what if you're like, hey man, yeah, I play on controller, but I, I need my scroll wheel. I don't see why they wouldn't let you do that. It's the equivalent of having a mouse just attached to your controller. So very interesting, very innovative, man. Love, love this kind of stuff. And again, this is how like Fortnite has really changed the entire landscape. Like the game is so complex that people literally found a way to add more buttons and functionality to the already legacy controller like you said hasn't been changed in 20 years but the game is so innovative that we had to change the way we interact with controllers so building edit sensitivity has dropped today jump into fortnite try it out huge changes but with that also came some new additions of augments augments have totally changed the way we interact with fortnite in, in my opinion, in the best of ways. I'm still disappointed that the, the broadcast tools don't mirror augments. Please, I'm hoping as we start gearing up for this FNCS, the resources were put into developing the spectator tools to showcase it. Last FNCS, it was a huge miss. Again, just hearing the commentators fish around, trying to figure out what they have. It's changed the game so much, but haven't really been able to explore the potential on a commentary level, on a delivery level for the viewers to understand and really showcase how much this is affecting the game right now. So let's talk about it, SBG. Break down these new augments that have come to Fortnite today. So pretty much all of them except one are healing augments, which is interesting that there's four brand new augments. The one that is not a healing one we'll start with first grants you a charge shotgun and a flint knock. So last season we used to get the tactical AR and the combat shotgun. Now you're going to get the charge shotgun and the flint knock. 
if it stays the same as last season, they're only going to be able to be acquired through augments, which will be interesting. I, I kind of like that as a nice little playing field. I haven't played the game, so I don't know what rarity they are. They were blue last season, so I imagine we'll get the same this season. Then we got three healing augments, which are pretty interesting. So one is going to be Rail Warrior. Regenerate health and partial shields while on rails or zip lines, except while in storm. So this reminds me of the Bush Warrior Augment, except now it's going to be on rails or zip lines. We have the Aquatic Warrior, which is the same thing. But when you're swimming, you're going to move slightly faster and you'll get some shield and health. Again, except while in storm. And then this last one, we were just talking about this beforehand, is game time. Grant you pizza party and chug splashes. And you had a really interesting thought on this. Yeah, so what happens is this is, in my opinion, a way to expand your inventory. Can you imagine on-demand heals being dropped? Right now you can only hold, you know, your, your couple item slots worth of things, which is already difficult to do with the addition of these, you know, mobility items, the sword, the kinetic blade, the shock, and the AR, right? Your staples, and then you need heals. But you start to drop some of those other alternatives, whether it's explosives, whether it's, you know, long-range snipers, like whatever, right? This gives us the option to just legitimately hold more. Now you can hypothetically, instead of just guzzling down all those slurp juices, because, well, you're, you probably don't need six, you know, like as you start approaching mid-game, you can hold on to them because you know you have game time, the augment waiting to just drop you on-demand heals. So to me, it's almost like an expansion of the inventory slots. And I wouldn't even be surprised if an augment just did that exactly that like pop this augment you have a six slot right like can you imagine that like it's it's a potential right now that's how augments have really changed fortnite for the better in my opinion but you don't know who you're going against and what kind of advantages they have so it is very interesting yeah it'll be really cool to see how players use this so initially what came to my mind was we see all those storm surge towers people trading tags you get an inventory full of whatever heals, and then you just throw down the pizza party. You're going to trade whatever damage you need while people rotate. You take tags at them, and then you know you got that pizza chill in there, so you're, you're not too worried about your HP. And then also that other idea that you just said is, you know, you're getting into endgame. You still have a full inventory, and then you use one inventory slot. Boom, you pop your game time augment. You pick up the chug splashes of pizza and then immediately get refreshed on heels. It It is really interesting. And I don't know that we've seen anything like it to this point. No, nothing, nothing like it. So another addition to the game that almost changes the dynamic competitively gives you another decision, like in a, in a real decision to make in that time. Are you scrappy for heals? Do you have to pop it now? Do you hold out on it at the expense of potentially earning other augments, which clearly give you tons of advantages whether it's the additional stamina or bush warrior or whatever there are so many great augments that there's it's a double-edged sword if you take it now great you get of course to continue to roll for your other stuff and if you don't well you're missing out on all the augments to come which clearly you know kind of turn you into a little mini superhero at times depending on which ones you get with glider redeploy and all that other good stuff so again we could talk all we want about augments. I don't think the real reality and its effect and how it affects the game is going to hit the, the public community until we can see it in broadcast form in real time. Because until then, it's almost a guessing game. Like, we don't know. The players obviously know what they have individually. But, yeah, it's just no way to really sell that story, even through the replay client, right? You only know they have Glider Redeploy when they activate it. But that would change the entire dynamic of the analysis in real time 
and these are the things i care about is i'm a nerd for Fortnite, right <laughs> like i want to know like and then i want to just theory craft like oh play style right because they have this thing can we guess what they're going to do now what is the best decision so once that comes out man i think there's going to be a lot of great content that just you know starts to you know flower out from that it's going to really blossom from that from that moment and that's what i'm most excited for but these augments man continue to change the dynamic man of Fortnite. Yeah, and I, I think at a moment where we're seeing a lot of loadout common, seeing a lot of common loadouts, I was trying to say something that slipped my mind, but when everyone's pretty much rocking the same shotgun SMG, shotgun AR, and then a, a katana and two heals, there's not really much volatility in what people are holding, but the augments are going to be volatile. You're not going to be able to use those every single game. And then you have to choose like, okay, I want this one. I want that one, this one, and this one go well together. So if I pull this, I need to make sure I can reroll a couple times to try and get the other one. So it's just like this combination that allows you to have another layer of the game because Fortnite competitive wasn't complex as is. So we need to now add all these different augments in and see how these players use them, which we've honestly seen a ton of different uses. And I'm sure this season we're about to kick off until co to competitive season. We're going to see some crazy stuff once again. Well, with all the changes coming to the game, this will lead us perfectly into Fortnite's Creative 2.0. You heard us touch on it at the top of the show, but the Unreal Engine has basically been adopted into the Fortnite world. And this has come with, I think, huge, huge positive sentiment. But on the dev side, a little bit of uh, give or take, you know, they're, some are happy, some are upset. And I say that because Creative 1.0 was a lot easier for the new creative who wasn't necessarily versed in like real true dev tools that the Unreal has to offer, the complexity of this program. They were able to create worlds and now they're struggling to do and create the same things in Unreal 2.0. But what 2.0 has done for the game has been absolutely game-changing. And I want to bring this up because I think there's going to be a parallel. I think there's going to be a tie here soon, SBG, where Fortnite and Epic Games start to see what's built in their worlds and extract that coding or that that dev idea and that work into the real game. So if we thought Fortnite was crazy already just based off of what the internal teams have been theorizing and, and, and coding and bringing out, what happens now when they literally see it in game? And I mean, it's their game, it's theirs to use. They can copy and port things over and, and really start to change this entire universe for the better, for the crazier, if you will. Maybe not better, maybe crazier is the word I'm looking for because what we've seen so far, just phenomenal cinematics, creatures, porting in just full assets and, and the coding of new interactions and stuff, right? So there's, there's all types of stuff coming to the game right now. It is unbelievable. I've played around in it myself. I have a goal to make a map by the end of the summer. So like a little bit day by day is kind of the goal. There is already, like, I know some people got this early and we've seen the OG Fortnite Battle Royale map where people try and to throw it out and then you know fortnite came back and they're like all right whoa, whoa whoa guys i know we said we're gonna share 40 percent of the revenue which was a massive piece that they're gonna share a ton of revenue with map creators but then they're like okay you guys can't make our maps and then claim 40 percent of the revenue and then the other piece <laughs> they said right. was you can't use copyright things so you know, they have all of these various partnerships with like Marvel, Disney. Can't just go ahead and be like, yeah, I'm going to make a Star Wars Battlefront 2 and then try and put it in the game and then make money. I am so curious how they're going to police those things, right? Like we've seen these 
let's use the Call of Duty iconic map Rust, right? We've seen this replica, this one of one being built. Does that fall in line with like, you know, Call of Duty's IP? Do they police that? You know, like, so we are in this weird area where, I mean, Epic can be opening themselves up to liability, right? If, you know, Call of Duty Activision sees that and like, dude, that's totally our map rebuilt in your world. You can't do that. And you've been allowing this guy to make money off of that? No, no, no. We want to recoup some of that payment. Like, that's a total possibility. So creative is an interesting place. And if you're a developer, if you're someone working in that, I mean, I want to see more from Epic talking about these things and, and maybe warning and equipping, I think, the devs with the knowledge because, yeah, a lot of the, let's say, maybe the veterans know better. But there are so many creators, tons, you know, the thousands of creators that come from 1.0 that probably did their first dev work just in Fortnite for the first time. And now they're building stuff in 2.0 and they may not realize the ramifications of that kind of stuff because creative only going to continue to uptrend. So I would like to call Epic to, yeah, do more speaking out of those kind of things, equip them with the knowledge, right? The, the do's and don'ts, even if it feels redundant. Yeah, sure. It is probably somewhere in the terms of service of course, and like a license course. agreement that you accept immediately upon downloading it. But I did say, I believe from what I've seen on Twitter, so take this with a grain of salt that they're kind of just pushing the liability onto the creators. So it is on you as the creator, not necessarily Epic. Although I don't know how that all works out. Once legal battles come in, you know, Call of Duty versus Fortnite, what happens there? I don't know. I don't really want to get into it. That's all just going to be pure speculation. Uh, what I do know, go ahead. No, no, no I was just, I'm going to, I'm going to jump to a completely different thing. Go ahead. <laughs> what I do know is this is going to be incredible. I'm a Warcraft 3 guy. Custom games were like the biggest player base in that game. We've seen some amazing games. Dota came out of that. And we're going to now see even more amazing games come out of Fortnite Creative. It may be something that you have literally zero thought could ever be created in Fortnite. And it could become the next massive game just within Fortnite Creative. So the possibilities are endless. The tools are unbelievable, both easy to use for someone that doesn't necessarily know what they're doing and then get unbelievably complicated if you want to continue to dive that far into things. So as someone with like very minimal dev experience, I was able to at least start doing things, although like very baseline, just creating a map with like physical things. No one is able to play it at the moment. So that's a whole nother piece. Yeah, so what I wanted to tack on, just as some shoulder piece there, this is where I want to give just massive respect and shout out to Cypher PK, who's basically announced his Super Joy Studios. It's his own take on um, building and putting together a very competent dev team so that if you have the creative ideas and maybe you have the resources to put up for the dev work, he can help you build those worlds. SBG, the people at home can't see this because they're listening, but if you look at that image I sent you, our friends over at EOS Games are creating their own map, right? And we've worked with them in the past to do tons of cool stuff with Practice Server. But the fun part about it, the words you see EOS Games on the right, that was created by the devs. You know, they did their own graffiti work and ported mm -hmm. it into game. The little icon you see on the left, I actually sent them some artwork of mine and they've plastered their world with like all of my graffiti. Which is wow. so sick, like, to me, that that's, like, mind-blowing, bro. And it looks, bro, it looks so cool. It's so vibrant, and it's exactly how I drew it on the iPad. And it's in the game, literally. And you can add textures to it. It molds to the environment. 
And just a fun fact for you listeners, the word monster deface, deface for defacing property, like have big, big ties to the graffiti world. And I love the, this, the form of street art. And I'm just the embodiment of like a, a real Bronx, New Yorker, tagger. Like I love, <laughs> love, love graffiti. And being able to see these kind of elements brought into the game has inspired me in ways that I haven't been inspired to do art in so long. But now being able to see it like almost a physical representation of it i know it's virtual but to me it feels more real than anything i've seen in a long time so i'm i'm so excited about the potential of this unreal engine and it being in the game and yeah dude i've been messing with the unreal engine for even before it came to the game because i was already seeing like holy crap building a world is like so empowering there's something so cool about it like really being able to put stuff together you feel like you're doing something, even though like really not doing anything. I'm like doing the most basic stuff, but you feel so empowered. So I just want to say, check it out if you haven't already. It might unlock some new, uh, some new passion in you or some interest. And uh, yeah, you guys had a feature from Hera and, and Peace, the dogs, in the episode. I think right there as they're barking at you at the door. But yeah, man, it's gonna be sick. It is going to be, and can't wait to see. Like we're gonna have the first wave of maps come through, and it's just gonna be like you know whatever first ideas that people have and then as more people have time to play around and develop with the unreal engine with fortnite once we figure out okay here's the limits because that's pretty much what every gamer what every developer is trying to do is like figure out what are the limits of these tools and how can i push them as far as they can go then we're going to get to see some even more amazing things. So, right, stage one was regular creative. Stage two is creative 2.0. Stage three is going to be whatever people figure out after seeing what other people have done. Been like, I could do better than that. And then, boom, we have some sick maps. Monster, I, I have to ask, can, can you post that on Twitter? I feel like people should see. Or not, not yet. yet. It's, it's okay. his project. He's going to be releasing the world soon. Um, He's got it in, like, the publish, publication process. So right now he's just trying to make his environment look more live right so he's he's kind of added this graffiti touch but dude i can't wait to share this stuff like i really can't and yeah man i want to connect with cypher pk and super joy because i have some wild ideas of games that i've always wanted to create so i don't i mean i don't know i have no idea what that can cost but if i can afford it i mean shoot maybe I, maybe i shoot my shot maybe i work with some devs and try to do something cool so you know me man we were always we're always up to something this is just a new something man that's kind of landed on me i think i think i have slight ADHD when it comes down to business adventures. I always jumping down some new lanes, guys. Well, and just to bounce off of that, there's going to be a ton more people that can now make Fortnite a full-time career because back when creators really only were able to get whatever people use their code and that percentage from Epic, it's hard. You need a lot of people spending V-Bucks and using your code. Now, like they said during that release, 40% of revenue from Fortnite's going to go to creators. And that is massive. That is going to allow players and creators to make so much off this game. And we've already seen kind of like a, a shifting of different players within the game. Immature just signed with one of the largest like in-game developers that used to work in like Forge and stuff in Halo and some other creators that have left or joined different teams now trying to jockey for position to probably ultimately be the best. Cause I've seen some of the numbers that these people are making off these maps and it is absolutely wild. Yeah. And just to talk about that 40%, it's not like, Hey, you go spend V bucks with the creator code. It's actually just engagement, playtime, logging in consistency. I don't know how they're going to pull the metrics out of this, but they are going to be giving back 
much, much more than they ever have before, at least the way it looks right now on the surface. And creator code hasn't left. You can still use your favorite creator's creator codes on the V-Bucks store. So you have that element, and now you have quite literally new layer of support system in the game as a means to empower devs. And this is something that we've seen, you know, from the CEO, Tim Sweeney, and, and others constantly supporting the fight for just just dev dev work right like these guys are, are truly builders at heart and their goal is to bring basically the, the unreal engine and the unreal marcus store and epic games to the top and they've well man they've made some huge strides with just this right here think about the millions and, and millions that they're going to impact not only lives but inspire to really build and be become something bigger because minecraft and roblox Yes, they have open world and sandbox open worlds, but I don't think they do the monetary approach the way Epic has decided, like straight up engagement revenue going to creators almost seems like new new territory, straight up. Yeah, and hold on, let me see if I can find and, and I'm just I'm just making things up here. I don't know if that's true, but from from my perspective, I've never seen anything like this. This is like a true headline to me. Fortnite generated five point two billion dollars, I think, in twenty twenty one. So like 40% of that, you know, 60% of the player base is BR. 40% of their player base is creative. Now 40% of the 40% is still billions, guys. Like at <laughs> least a billion or two billion, right? We're talking hundreds of millions of dollars that are going to go into the hands of creators. Well, I think we can see why. Because today, whether it's on purpose or an accident, players have started to see player counts on certain game modes. And we've seen BR, we've seen zero build, and we've even seen specific creative maps. And if you just go onto the, so I'm, I'm pulling this from iFireMonkey, the top practice maps, the pit has 2.68 thousand or 2.6K players currently playing it when that screenshot was taken. There's a couple with 20 plus K. So there's a lot of people playing these creative modes. And, you know, you just think you're epic. Okay, boom. If these people are creating maps that 20 plus thousand people are playing at a random Wednesday, why not try and get people to make the best maps possible in your game and get more people to play? And I mean, you've seen it with CSGO. We're probably going to see a massive influx of players later on in the stage due to some crazy creative map that brings people back or brings more people in than already were there. And just to correlate that to like Twitch viewership, like when you see your favorite streamer have 10,000 viewers, that's not like, oh, only 10,000 people showed up and stood. No, that's like thousands exiting, thousands entering. It's like balancing it out to stay at around a concurrent number of those tens of thousands. So when you see 20,000 players on a given map concurrent, you're talking about, think about how fast you've joined into a map and just exited, right? And then jumped onto the next thing. Like there are hundreds of thousands of people joining on a given day, millions across the week probably upwards of multi-millions throughout the month so man i'm so happy and excited for the creative scene i can't wait to jump in myself and, and start to work and, and build in these spaces i called this years ago fortnite creative is the future of the game and now we are finally around that what is it like the fifth year mark of, of fortnite's lifespan and we're rolling over into the kind of this this new era it, they're right on track, man, to hit that 10-year mark of lifespan that I knew for minimal they were gonna they were gonna do back when I jumped on the game. But now seeing it, I mean, shoot, it looks like they're gonna be here for for almost forever, basically. Like it, it's gonna be hard to take them down because they own the Unreal and they're able to port it right into the game. And as as they build that, as it becomes easier, 
as they make it more simple to interact with and, and dev out, shoot, they're going to they're gonna change the landscape of, of video games forever. Can't wait, man. It is so cool, and I'm with you. I mean, eventually, the Battle Royale competitive, people will get tired of that stuff, I would imagine, right? Maybe that doesn't, maybe I'm wrong, but I think whether it be five more years, 10 more years, two more years, 30 more years. I don't ever see creative going away. Like, no, I'm telling can't. you, I play Warcraft 3. I still go back and play Warcraft 3. That game's like 18 years old. <laughs> so just there is still people regularly hosting games in that game. So I can only imagine like this has probably 100, 200x the number of like max players that ever even touched that game. I don't see it going anywhere. The math, right? The math just maths, guys. All right. Let's let right. It, math is doing the math, dude. It's going to be here for a while. Well, with that, guys, Creative 2.0, we encourage you guys, go out there, check it out. There were a good chunk of developers that were giving early access to this Unreal Engine tool to port into Fortnite. So there's already mega high-quality maps and experiences already created in the game down to, shoot, if, like, the scary video game genre is your thing, there's horror games within fortnite does i hate that i'm even calling it fortnite it's like these are totally <laughs> different games guys there's games inside the game think of it that way you have an endless library of free accessible awesome experiences waiting to be checked out some worlds have been even you know cross-referenced and and called like elden ring style experiences that's how beautiful and you know dark these worlds have gotten like there, there's some cool stuff in there so Really, really encourage you guys to go check it out. But with that, we're going to start hitting the uh, the back tail of the topics, other things happening in Fortnite. Man, let's just talk. Let's talk orgs, dude. We have the expansion and and uh, what's the opposite of ex expansion? Decline. SPG. Decline. Uh, I was like detraction. Is that a word? <laughs> yeah. Expand and, and release. And something like that. Well, anyway, yeah, contraction, I guess. It would be like the opposite. Contraction. There we go. Yeah, we have the expansion and contraction of orgs in a space right now. A few, a few players exiting TSM. We have Epic Whale, the legend himself, no longer a part of the TSM team. And re it seems like their their contracts might have expired. And do you think like the offer just wasn't on the table to bring them back? I don't know. Like genuinely, I'm signing two players. Those are probably two of the ones I want on my team. So my only guess is that TSM has seen everyone else get out and money is expensive right now. It's not like we were about a year or two ago and everyone's kind of trying to cut back costs. So I could totally see them, you know, Epic and Reed's contract ends. They're like, guys, we love you. Here's what we can offer. I know it's probably not that great or there wasn't even an offer, right? It was just like, hey guys, we appreciate your time. Nothing against you guys. We just can't continue to invest in this game. They do still have Snacky. But that may just be a matter of like his contract is still under whatever it's called. He's still under contract and just waiting eventually when his contract ends, he'll be the next one. Yeah, I kind of kind of feel bad for Epic Whale and Reap because like you said, these are two people that I would I would absolutely sign. Uh, but I say that because there's not a lot of options of teams that are branching in and, and picking up players. I mean, Dignitas kind of went crazy already. I don't see them being able to afford two more juggernauts under the umbrella. They're probably already trying to figure out ways to recoup their big investments made into Buga and Kanata and their crazy star-studded roster. But then you have like Luminosity Gaming, who's kind of jumped into more of the, the family-friendly like creator ecosystem side, which I think is the, 
an excellent investment if you're trying to look for creators. So, you know, Epic and Reed don't fall under that umbrella either. So they're really in this hyper-competitive market, and there's not a lot of hyper-competitive expansion in the organizational space for Fortnite in particular. We have kind of the influencer bubbles happening right now, and it's, it's almost like their turn to shine as most of these orgs have pivoted their approach to, to their signings and the way they're trying to grow their orgs. Yeah, we saw that giant influx of massive creators get involved in orgs, whether it be like starting their own or joining ownership as an org. I think, you know, we, we had Lupo way back in the day with Rogue and then Tim the Tapman. Now we have this guy's toast, toast. Moist Critical. Ludwig, Ludwig with Moist. So there, there's all of them, right? All of those guys, have either they have no idea what they're doing and they're like, dude, I just like video games. I want to sponsor an esports team. Or these guys have created massive brands, understand the space, and they're like, all y'all are doing this wrong. This is how it's supposed to be done. And then we kind of saw the quick change from a lot of other orgs pivoting away from purely competitive play and starting to pick up those creators. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, it might be the play here. I don't know. I've tried to figure this out. I'm sure you and I can toy around with the idea of like, how exactly do I best grow? And let's specifically talk about Fortnite, but it'll be interesting to see how these two play out. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm totally with you. And just talking about like, yeah, not only like creator led ecosystems, but like Ninja was signed as like a gaming marketing director for like the GCN network. Who's part owner or think i think like the mother company of like team complexity and some of those other entities which is more like on the agency side so you do have this this stake being taken up right now by creators like big time streamers who've really made it whether that's through luck proper timing or straight execution of strategy and skill right but these these things are starting to come together in this new era of esports approach and how organizations are working in the space um there's still years to come to see if whether or not it works i mean i myself can technically be thrown in that bucket like i'm literally creator now on the business side right i'm a part of this like this this bubble this this push of creators building businesses will it work out in the long run i don't know we've been doing good for three years man i'm feeling good <laughs> give me another three give me another six give me ten baby i want to keep going of course but we are just playing the game right now and, and, and trying to feel it out. So it is, it, is, it is very interesting times as we start to change the landscape. PSG, just talking about team signing people, and they picked up Blake and Jafe. Zero Build was announced as like basically a new big competitive track from DreamHack and Gamers 8, hundreds of thousands and millions on the line. And then PSG wastes no time. They're like, oh, there's millions up for grabs this year? Give me the best. Give me the best Zero Build warrior you got. And then they go sign Jafe. What do you think about that? Um, let's backtrack, right? Because I think we got to give it context before we fully understand why exactly they go after Jafe as their choice, right? So we didn't have a podcast last week. If you guys didn't see DreamHack got announced three major events. We got Sweden, we have San Diego, and then we have Dallas, right? Those are three. Uh, all of those $250,000 prize pools, zero build duos. The top 10 from each of those events qualify to the Gamers 8 LAN in Saudi Arabia that has a $2 million prize pool. So pretty much, if you qualify top 10, you're going to get at least $5,000 just from DreamHack qualifiers, right? And I call them qualifiers, but $250,000 on its own isn't really a qualifier. That's a like, tournament, baby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a tournament that then qualifies to an even bigger tournament. Then 
you're probably guaranteed something like 50 grand or so just for going and qualifying for gamers eight. So there is a lot of money here being thrown at zero builds this year. And that's not to talk about any of the other third party tournaments or like Twitch rivals or anything that's going on in game. Cause Fortnite's still hosting its own zero build. So all that said, now I can answer your question. Jath is a great signing. He was the number one like ranked PR earnings in zero build in North America. So that combines with what PSG TNA, like they're a competitive organization, but also have created some kind of like IRL content as well. And I think Jath fits that perfectly. Yeah, you have some other creators out there, man. Pilkey, Blur. I mean, the, the list goes on of people that have really been putting in the effort into the zero build game. And I mean, they liked it because it, it's not it's not as sweaty as the arena game mode. I mean, we all know this. I think for most of you listeners, you know very well. You gave up on building a long time ago. But that zero build, man, was perfect for you to just kind of kick back, have a slightly less stressful environment, and kind of bring things back to just gunplay in chaos which is like totally what zero build embodies so zero build as a competitive product and i use air quotes around competitive because it very is it's very much is its own competitive product whether like epic sees it as so or not yes it's it's always going to be a marketing tool to like drive users to onboard them to try out the building style but it, they're just so different building is a totally different game than like just pure gunplay and mechanics of the zero build mode and with this much money coming into zero build, I'm just afraid that what once felt like a very fun casual environment is going to become a little sweaty. And then we see the same downward spiral of like, oh, Fortnite zero build's gotten way too hard. Like, what the heck is this? Right? Like, you know, we don't want to hit that point either because that's part of the magic of a zero build brought back to the game. Feeling, feeling as an accessible type of game mode, just play and win. Yeah, well, it definitely will. I feel like it already has. Pretty much the same people win every single zero build event. So didn't take long. And when you start throwing money at it, the best players are like, all right, dude, why why would I not play this? Like, Have give me that it? free money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of good ones. I mean, Europe has like Thomas HD, Queasy, and Nas. Those guys absolutely dominate trio, build, trio zero build tournaments. Uh, so I'm interested. I, I've seen varying players already announced they're going to san diego like a lot of the top eu players are making the trip i know gxr said they're bringing everybody over i think the guild guys are headed over and then tundra i believe have all said something along those lines plus anyone that lives in north america or at least the u.s right because i know there's visa things with canada and mexico but you gotta be making the trip you gotta go to san diego you gotta go to dallas especially if you're any what competent at zero builds yeah i think i think san diego is going to have a lot less players because of the man it was, it was really announced in such a short time like let's be honest you had a little over three and a half weeks to book your tickets get your hotel and basically accommodate for the travel this is coming amidst the announcement centrals in dallas so you have like people making road trips trying to just get to dallas zero ping so like for Fortnite, i think i think the timing is it's really bad. Not a little bad. I think the timing is really bad for San Diego. But hey, like you said, these multimillionaires, these orgs that are big backing their players, they're getting out there. There's every reason to if you can't afford it. If you're serious about, you know, making money 
as a comp player. These are your chances to do so. You don't want to miss on your chance to make a top 10. Your odds are very, very good if you can afford to get to San Diego because of the short notice on the announcement. So I'm all for that. I think Dallas is going to be huge. I think there's a lot of time from here to Dallas for people to plan that summer trip, get out there. There's a lot of reason to, you know, go to Texas. It's a great place just to, you know, hang out and, and kind of be a part of that environment. So I think Dallas is going to be way bigger than San Diego. San Diego is going to be hype as heck because it's it's just the first one and we're kicking it off. So ready for that. But what do you what is your take? Do you think there's enough time for for players? Basically, I genuinely think it's just it's not it's not a lot of time. No, I don't think so either. Especially because I think April fifteenth is the first day for FNCS, and then DreamHack is I want to say the seventh, eighth, ninth. So you literally have one week. And then say you're like a top EU player, you go, you're probably not going there just for the seventh, eighth, ninth. You're probably going, leaving the fifth or sixth, making sure you have a day. Then you're leaving the 10th because you, you don't necessarily know how long you're going to be playing on Sunday. And so then you get a day of travel on the 10th and you have three days to practice before FNCS starts. And you're probably just grinding zero builds before then. So it's like massive do massive risk return that goes on in anybody's head now if you're na it's a lot easier but still i think like san diego is in the cheapest place to travel to that's also why i think dallas will be bigger one you have more time the time based on fncs is a lot more convenient and then third it's a lot cheaper to travel to than san diego the cheapest hotel if you were just already in san diego was 1800 dollars for five days to, to do the to do what Jeez. you said like be there the basically more or less the day before the tournament window or like you know two days before and then getting to that monday was actually close to two thousand dollars like that's what i mean but these are expensive trips these are investments it's hard to just plan for that you know i don't know what the, what the economists say but there's there's some saying out there that like you know Half America is like one, you know, $5,000 bill away from being like struggle town, right? Like, so like people can't just pull $2,000 out leisurely to go compete. You know, a lot of these are children, you know, this is daddy's money or mama's money, right? Like this doesn't just come from nowhere. It really, it really is a commitment. And that's what I mean by if you have to make one good trip, maybe it is Dallas. And I think Dallas is going to be the biggest of the few, at least in the America side. So super hype about that. PSG also signed Blake. Blake is a, just a stand-up creator. He's always attended events, whether he's like the best player or not, but he makes content and we love him for it. And he's always been one of those just peak, I think, I think positive community figures in the space, whether people see it or not. Like he's, he's never really got himself into to drama or anything. He's just done his own thing, stayed in his own lane and just made good content, man, and, and just stuck it out. So we love Blake around here, man. Shout out to you joining uh, PSG TNA. Best of luck with you competing in the your events, man. Does that mean we get to see Blake on the leaderboards? Who knows? He's playing with Bizzle, I believe, again this season. So the old men in Fortnite terms <laughs> playing together. Uh, hopefully there's a plan. I would imagine PSG isn't signing or PSG TNA isn't signing all these guys just to have them live all across the country and then, you know, barely make any content. Hopefully the plan is, you know, you throw Oliver, Blake, Jaith all in the same house. They make a bunch of content. Ooh, and I see where you're going. Then, you know, that's kind of how you get your return on the investment outside of the zero build stuff. Because, you know, again, we love Blake here, but he hasn't been at the top of his game for a few seasons now. And same with Bizzle. So I don't expect that to like make a turnaround. Much respect for those two as players. 
like you got to be reasonable, right? If you're not placing top five, you can't then all of a sudden be a top five player. So these three, I think Oliver has turned himself into quite the personality. We yeah. already know Jath is, and Blake is just super consistent, his own personality and a good dude. So those three together, I think is going to be a powerful combo for the org if properly executed. That, that's a great point. And we have seen the CEO of TNA start to just ask questions. Hey, what, do you, what kind of content you want to see out of these guys? Uh, because they've tried this in the past when they had Slick, and I think it was still Oliver and you know a couple other signings. But their content they were creating, they had a female on their team. I think it was a volley. It was a little clickbaity. It was kind of exploitative to like the female on their team. And, you know, there was some stuff going on there. I don't think it hit the way maybe they wanted to when they were doing house content. I do hope to see a different approach, maybe something that really embraces more of the gaming side, not just trying to make this like this frat house. I don't know, this weird thing. Again, there's there's different ways to make content, but the, the favorite content that I liked was that jamper style. Like, let's focus on the games. Let's focus on the tournament. Let's focus on what brought them to the dance, right? Being competitive players, being personalities, being fun people to that create content on these platforms that we love to watch. So I want to see more of that being embraced. Will we do it? I don't know. It, it's Kirsch at the end of the day. He's got his own take on his own personality and his own. He's basically become a content creator at this point with his with street style videos that he records asking people stupid questions like, Hey, where's the, the Great Wall of China located? Dumb, drunk people answering wrong somehow. So, like, you know, we, we've seen some fun stuff come out of him. But I want to see, again, the best way I could say it, what brought you to the dance, right? want to see more content about that stuff. Focus in on, on, on Blake's competitive career. Focus in on Jay's success as a zero-bill creator. And then twist that into the narrative of his lifestyle and what they're doing and the fun stuff. Yeah, I think the lowest hanging fruit here is pretty much what become legends had done in the past it was like a, that was that was pure comp like yeah amazing like just throw it out create a documentary on like the road to gamers aid or the road to saudi arabia and bring these guys to all these lands i hope they're all signed for at least the next three months which are the land events document everything have way too much footage Go back, break it down. Hopefully at least two of them qualify. And then you can make this sick documentary and you could do it in multiple parts. Like it doesn't need to be one video. Do like San Diego, Dallas, Yonkaping. And then you do this final like masterpiece in the summer after Saudi and boom, you're chilling. I mean, to me, that sounds like the play. It sounds like they need a creative director, and SVG is absolutely qualified. So at this point, <laughs> toss him a salary. He'll help you recoup your investments across the team in general. These are, you know, again, what might sound like just us spitballing and creative fun ideas. Like, these are people's jobs, man. SVG is doing your job, bro. He's giving it you. He's giving you the juice right now. It's free consultation. Take it. This is what we want, man. This is what the people want. We'll see if anyone capitalizes on it. Talking about becoming legends, though. Reno, I found it so interesting that he actually was hired as the marketing esports director, basically the gaming director for Red Bull. I had no idea, but this is basically connection he's made throughout the years of running boot camps and using their facilities. His departure from becoming legends, like I should say, his departure from Fortnite as a as a decision for becoming legends wasn't the end of his influence in the space. It looks like he's like, hey, I put a lot of money in. Let me make some money back. I'm going to take this fat salary. I'm going to help these guys build. And uh, I mean, I like to see this kind of W. This is a huge W for my boy Reno. So from what I've heard, Reno used to be like an event 
manager and event director for Red Bull. Okay. So this is like going back to what he was doing before Become Legends. Now with like all the mega brain yes. Fortnite stuff that he has. And I mean, dude's going to do it, right? Like obviously he's already set up some of these smaller events. We just saw, what was it? The Red Bull UK like gaming lounge hosted a bunch of the dudes, ran like a little creative show match, which was sick. And I think we could see more of those. I would definitely imagine our boy Reno had a little hand in that little event happening. And then now we're going to get this invite only tournament with qualifiers. We don't know the prize pool, but I don't really think that matters. You get all the right players in one spot and that's what brings eyeballs. That's what brings the entertainment because now at this stage in the game, players themselves, like they're all older. They're all at least a lot of the European kids they're not kids anymore. They're like 18, 20 years old. They understand how this all works. And not only are they understanding, but they reciprocate. Hey, Reno, you know, you invited me to this thing. You took care of me. Let me give Red Bull or whoever you want a shout out. Let me put this piece in good graces on social media, because ultimately that's kind of what they're trying to get is all that social media and eyeballs attention back on their brand. Hopefully this is a success. I mean, I can only imagine it's going to be. And let's not forget, Reno has quite literally built an extremely successful social media presence. Like his time as CEO, becoming legends, I mean, to date, he still is the CEO, was not wasted at all. He's built this huge following of people that support him in a fandom around his brand, but also himself. Like he is literally kind of like walking down that path of a, of an entrepreneur who is embraced by the community like a nade shot style g2 carlos when people liked him before all the, all the chaos lately but you know like optic hex right like he really has slowly walked his way towards this legendary status of someone who's been doing it right and is a stand-up creator so when he puts that tweet out and he's asking for creators to join you can just see everyone's so interested in being a part of the product and the, the activation not only because it's it's dope it's red bull like come on blue chip brand that's a, that's a no-brainer land right but it's reno so you know it's going to be even better like they create some of the best content he's already proven it there's nothing that he needs to say anymore he has walked the walk and you want to walk alongside people like that that are literally doing it i was lucky enough to be in actual conversations with the red bull team to help produce the land i don't think we won the activation unfortunately oh. as we're uh you know we're out here some cost logistics right doing things across seas and getting over there but you know Hey man, got invited to the table. So I'm pretty happy about that. Just being able to, you know, engage in some of these conversations and stuff like that. So dude, it's super happy for, for Red Bull. What's to come. They have some of the best creators lined up. There's still spots available. As you can see, Reno's social timeline and lead up has been, it's just been buzzing, man. So what's it going to be when it gets built out? I don't know, but I think it's going to be one of those fun events that we look back in the year when you run the next, you know, competitive awards. Don't forget this one. I think, I think it's going to have to make it Gamers 8, Red Bull Land, What's Next, DreamHack, right? Like some of these stuff. We're really going to have to put all of them on, on the conversation list. And I think because Reno's running this one, there's good chances, man. This, this might be one of the best ones. Oh, no doubt. And it's really cool to see when you get these people that have built credibility, not by like having numbers on social media, but by simply just doing good work. And, you know, Reno and you kind of, I see them very similar. Like you've built practice server, given back to the community, help people along, help people with their careers. Reno's done the same thing more for players. You kind of do it on the back end with people like myself, production, observers, all that kind of stuff. 
love to see it, man. I always appreciate people that are willing to give back to the things they love, especially when I love the same thing. And that's Fortnite at the end of the day. So we're getting to see Reno take a step back from being a CEO of an organization and be like, hey, I'm still bringing it for you boys. Like, we got opportunities. Just help me out. I scratch your back. You scratch mine. We're chilling. Yeah, and credits to Epic, man, taking the taking on the involvement here too, right? Obviously, they have to sanction these events. These don't just come out of nowhere. So uh, we always have to thank Fortnite and Epic Games for allowing this, you know, the space to expand. They could have easily been like, Saudi, you want $2 million prize pool? Er, cancel that, right? Like, they could have also said no to a zero build 250K tournament. They didn't have to sanction these things. So, like, this shows us that Fortnite is is playing ball. Where's the money coming from? We don't know. It could be Epic's money. It could be theirs, like putting up the investment. We don't know all that, but ultimately at the end of the day, it is happening. And these are things that have to be licensed out. These are things that have to be approved just to give you guys a little bit of that extra insight on what it takes to bring these to life. You can't just get all this money and say you're going to do these things. You have to have all the legal in place in, in order to get the yes from the highest levels of Fortnite and Epic to then go to market with your event. So we're here. This has been this week's episode. It's been freaking awesome. Lots to talk about. I haven't been excited or this excited for Fortnite in some time, but there's this new invigoration with even today's update down to, of course, Unreal Engine and now events to look forward to. It really does feel like 2023 has been very, very good for Fortnite so far and uh, all for it. Ever since the FNCS Invitational, we've been on this upward rocket ship. I want to keep riding that and hopefully there's more great things to come. I hope so too. I'm gonna go ahead and give my sign off so you don't have to ask me this time. But dude, this was probably the most excited that I've been for an episode because it was like a lot of times we have all this negative news. It's like we have to talk about it. I know, it. I know. This time, like the only negative thing was Epic and Reet no longer being part of TSM. And like that's not even technically negative. It's just like it is, whether we want it to or not. So lots of good things. I'm super excited. It is literally only April, about to be it's the end of April. So there's more to come. Obviously we've only seen what's been announced through the summer ish. We know FNCS is going to continue the grand championship or global championship. In That's coming at the end of the year. And yeah, it's been a good week, man. Been a really good week. I'm excited. Got some awesome stuff in my own, my own life going too. So happy to be here. Yeah. I'm all for it, man. And like you said, dude, it feels so good to bring, good news to the podcast and and for the listeners y'all all know i'm not someone who carries a pessimistic attitude on life i like to see the upswings and the positives even when we bring some of these these you know conversations to the table so to have just nothing but things to celebrate this week and, and for the last two weeks man I'm so blessed so with that guys we're gonna get up out of here send all your complaints to me at the fortnite podcast at gmail.com we'll see you guys on social media and all that good stuff in between it's been your boy at monster deface across all socials We'll see you guys on that battle bus. So until next time, don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales. Peace, fam.